Founded in 1682 by William Penn, Europeans first settled in Pennsylvania in 1637, although several tribes of indigenous people occupied the land for centuries before this. Pivotal in the French and Indian Wars, the Seven Years' War, the American Revolution, and the United States Civil War, it is no surprise that with such a rich history, our state has developed a culture that is distinctive and multifaceted. Full of legends and real-life heroes who risked everything for their beliefs, today Pennsylvania retains strong elements of folk culture developed by a combination of ideologies practiced by the varied ethnicities of original settlers, Native Americans, and shared experiences. Legends and lore passed down over centuries reveal philosophies that are as superstitious as they are religious and even scientific, resulting in a microculture found nowhere else. You are listening to Pennsylvania Life, Legends, and Lore, where we believe that behind every great story, there is a nugget of truth. In each episode, your hosts, Ethan and Holly, will attempt to uncover that truth and preserve a part of our incredible Pennsylvanian lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome back to Pennsylvania Life Legend and Lore. So today's episode we are going to be covering the Easter Bunny since you know obviously we're coming up on Easter here in a couple weeks. So we're excited to touch base on this one and let you guys know what we found. So in addition to its religious tenor, Easter time typically conjures up images of brightly colored eggs, jelly beans, marshmallow chicks, and pastel foil wrapped chocolate candies in baskets delivered by the Easter Bunny. But before you go biting off the head of that chocolate bunny, we'll take a moment to consider where our Easter traditions originated. Did you know that most of our cherished Easter traditions come from the Pennsylvania German settlers who introduced them into America? The Easter Bunny, Easter Eggs, and all Easter candy all have their roots in German traditions. So we'll start off with a little bit of history. Prior to the European medieval period, Germanic Anglo-Saxon tribes celebrated the return of light during the spring equinox, which was on March 20th. So Easter, goddess of the dawn, rebirth, fertility, and spring, and her companion hair were worshipped during the annual festivals. According to legend, Easter found a wounded bird during the late winter. She saved its life by changing it into a hare. However, it still had the ability to lay eggs. The hare decorated the eggs and left them as gifts of appreciation for Easter. Bunnies and other family Easter icons, the egg, are a symbol of fruitfulness in the springtime season. In order to win converts, early Christian missionaries paired with the Christian celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ with the festival of Easter. In 325 AD, the first council of Nicaea established that Easter would be a celebration on the first Sunday after the full moon following the spring equinox. Both spring celebrations, which symbolize rebirth and rejuvenation, occurred at the time when the earth was coming alive again with the spring flowers and foliage. Christian Easter traditions are also calendrically and symbolically linked to the Jewish Passover, with Christ portrayed as a sacrificial lamb. 
now we're going to move into the Easter Bunny. The most prominent secular symbol of the Christian holiday, the Easter Bunny, was introduced in America by the German immigrants who brought over their stories of an egg-laying hare. In the late 1600s, Lutheran Pennsylvania German settlers brought the Osterhaus Easter hare tradition with them over to the New World. The first known reference of the Osterhaus was seen in German literature from the 15th century. On the night before Easter, a child would use a bonnet or a hat to make a nest that would be placed in the secluded spot in the garden, home, or barn. If his or her behavior had been good, a reward of a colored egg, candy, and perhaps a small toy would be found in the nest on Easter morning. Bad children would be left with empty nests or nests filled with rabbit droppings. Yum! Wouldn't want to be the bad child back then. <laughs> Eventually, the custom spread across the U.S., and the fabled rabbit's Easter deliveries expanded to include colored eggs, chocolate, and other types of candy and gifts, while decorated baskets replaced the nest. In addition, children often left out carrots in case the Easter Bunny got hungry from all of his hopping. Pulling in a little Christmas traditions there Yeah. With Santa. Just a little bit. So how are rabbits and eggs connected? At first glance, and outside of the legend of Easter and the Easter hare, it doesn't seem like chicken eggs have a lot to do with rabbits. But chickens and rabbits can actually cohabitate in the same enclosure. Rabbits don't see chickens or eggs as prey and are gentle enough not to break the eggs. In some cases, bunnies will even keep the, the eggs warm if a mother hen is absent. It's easy to see a young child going to feed the chickens and finding a rabbit resting on an egg and then having their imagination run wild. During the spring, chickens begin laying more eggs after laying hardly any eggs all winter. It's a little overwhelming to find uses for all of them. Perhaps the abundance of eggs in the spring resulted in the persistence of egg decorating traditions. Eggs can be simply dyed, intricately painted, carved or pierced, or a combination of all of these techniques. And on to egg decorating. The egg, which is an ancient symbol of new life, has been associated with pagan festivals celebrating spring. From a Christian perspective, Easter eggs are said to represent Jesus' emergence from the tomb and resurrection. Decorating eggs for Easter is a tradition that dates back to the 13th century. History says that eggs were formerly a forbidden food during Lent season, so people would paint and decorate them to mark the end of the period of penance and fasting, and then eat them on Easter as a celebration. Though decorating Easter eggs is not exclusively a German tradition, it grew in popularity with the Pennsylvania Germans during the 1800s, and they played a part in introducing the custom to the U.S. They had their own style of decorating that featured folk art motifs like flowers, hearts, and birds. The eggs were colored using natural dyes from plants. Designs, often elaborate, were drawn on the eggs with wax, and then the egg was placed into the dye. Onion skin was the most used plant, which produced a red-brown color. Another way to decorate eggs was through scratch art. This tradition exists at least as long ago as 1789. The eggs were dyed a dark color and designs, which were typically flowers, trees, birds, rabbits, or geometrical patterns, were scratched into the surface with a pin or a sharp knife. 
The Amish women would use calico to cover their eggs. Sometimes the entire egg is covered with strips of cloth, but sometimes interesting designs of cloth are pasted onto the brown egg. Today in the Pennsylvania Dutch country, these designs are being painted upon the eggs themselves. It is well documented that Germans would dye their eggs and use them in conjuncture with Easter. The tradition in German was to decorate the branches of trees and bushes with eggs for Easter, and when German immigrants arrived in Pennsylvania, they brought this custom with them. They would hang colored eggs on branches of outdoor trees and bushes, and on cut branches inside the homes as decorations. Among the Pennsylvania German, the first Easter egg trees were garden trees or bushes hung with empty eggshells, while the indoor tree has no documentation before 1876, when a Reading, Pennsylvanian newspaper commented on the innovation of a innovation in the home of a pharmacist. Since 1950, the egg tree has become well known in the United States through a children's book, The Easter Egg Tree, by Catherine Milhouse of Philadelphia. Easter egg hunts and egg rolling are two popular traditions. The White House Easter egg roll began in 1878 when Rutherford B. Hayes was president and continues as an annual event held on the Monday after Easter. So I didn't know that... What didn't you know? You know, us being Christians, I don't think I knew, in growing up around this, I don't think I knew that you were supposed to eat the egg afterwards. I don't think I ever heard that. You've never eaten the eggs? Nope, just pitched them. What? Yeah. You've never eaten the eggs after you've dyed them? Nope. Died, and then Easter's over, trash game. That is such a waste of eggs, especially now when you're paying like $8 for a carton of eggs. Mm, well, you can tell. What? Mom that. I mean, unless she cracked them open and... You've never eaten like the pretty colored egg salad after Easter because you have all these dyed eggs and you need to do something with them, so you make a whole bunch of like egg salad and you've got funky colors in there from your dyed eggs? Nope. Wow! Yeah. I am just blown away. Well, congratulations. You learned something new from me on this podcast. That's such a waste! Sure you had some fun, like, dyeing the eggs and stuff, but... We would dye eggs, look at them, think, wow, these are really cool, and then do our Easter stuff, and then bye-bye eggs. Or maybe I'd hang on to them for a while. Oh my gosh. I don't remember that much, but I know we didn't eat them. I bet your mom ate them. Somebody had to have eaten them. I'm gonna say no. I don't think so. Okay, just out of curiosity, I need to include our researcher here, Meg, because she is married to Ethan's brother. Did, does Josh eat the eggs? No. What? I know. So I think it's that, and just from what I have observed, they leave their eggs in the basket. They don't like pull them out and put them in the refrigerator. So I think that it's because they figure they're bad. Wait, what? I don't, I don't remember that. I don't put like the dyed eggs in the basket. So the ones that we've gotten with the kids, dyed with the kids, remember, they come back in the basket. And the, well, at least our kids like to leave them in the basket because they're so pretty. And so I, I'll let them leave a few in the basket for a few Those I can see. We toss those. Toss but it. But Josh has never, no. What? Eating, eating the eggs. My, and when I was growing up, we did. We would dye them, we'd 
say, oh, like, look how pretty these are. We'd even put sparkles on them. Yeah. And then you put them in the fridge. Right. Then you... Use them like regular eggs. Yeah, you crack the (laughs) shells and you make a... Like an egg salad or right. a, or a potato salad or right something something to use that. the eggs. Yeah, because otherwise it's really wasteful. I mean, it's poor, really wasteful. Those poor chickens. Some mother hen really worked hard on those. Right. <laughs> so oh then I gosh. could paint them and make them look beautiful, and then we never ate them. I don't know. Maybe mom or dad ate them, but but I yeah, didn't. Josh never has either. So I don't know. I don't know where the breakdown is. We Goodness should ask gracious. men. We should. We should. We need to dig into that a little deeper because that's a little shocking. I don't see her wasting eggs. Mm -mm, I don't either. Well, I'm just telling you, I don't ever remember. Maybe I cracked them open and then like... Maybe you were dropped on your head and you just (laughs) have a really bad memory. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure I was, but no. Well, half of the fun for me when I was a kid was when you got to take the shell off and then you got to see how cool your design was even just on the egg. I really don't think we ever did that. Wow. Well, you eat eggs, though, so I don't understand why you I didn't. didn't. I never used to eat hard-boiled eggs. I never liked them. Now well, I do, but I never used to when I was younger. Maybe that's eggs, why you didn't eat them. I would maybe. eat would be pickled eggs. That was it. That was my... And obviously, like, fried, sunny-side up, and scrambled eggs. But, but you can still use those eggs to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, if not if you hard-boil them, I guess. But. Yeah, I don't ever remember that. You could probably pickle them, though. Yeah, I would think so. Because that's just the outside. Mm-hmm. You might have a little sparkly pickle juice, but... <laughs> Did you ever do the ones that have, like, the plastic, like, design that you, like, put the, the wrap on the egg yes. and then dip them in the water? Mine never stayed well. I could never get that one to work. I would try it year after year, and they wouldn't, like, I don't know, like, kind of, like, shrink wrap to it. Mm-hmm. Mine would never do it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Never got it. a lot. I like to just draw on mine with, like, crayons or something, and then you dip it in and let it sit, and then you're... And like you, the... you could write your name on it or draw pretty pictures. And... I, I do remember Mom used to hide Josh and I's Easter baskets, and we'd have to find them every Easter Sunday morning before we went to church. And I distinctly remember she put one of them in the oven. Mine in the oven one year. Don't know why that sticks <laughs> in my brain. My parents did that too. But That's funny. out of all the places, one in the oven. I think the Easter baskets have kind of, they've gotten to be pretty elaborate now. Like like when I was growing up, my parents would put like fruit in it. And you'd be like, oh look, I got an orange in my basket or whatever. And now I feel like it's, you're meant to buy like gifts. And it becomes into like a, a bigger ordeal it's than like just a like Christmas yeah it's not just like here's a little bit of candy and stuff like you have to have these big baskets full of like mm. actual presents now I mean I think people are losing the sight of what Easter is really about that's why we're going into it I know but I'm saying like they're I think Christians as a whole like are becoming more of a minority than a majority and so people are doing more elaborate Easter baskets because they're not really focused on what Easter is about. True, but we also do kind of elaborate Easter Getting better, but do sort of elaborate Easter baskets. Yeah, but not that bad. I mean, that's what I remember from kind of my childhood. Yeah. But we always still focused on what Easter was about. That was just part of it. True. So that's my gut is... Just with people's beliefs, there are, I could be totally wrong, but 
I feel that Christians in America are more the majority or minority instead of the majority. And well, again, if that's what we're showing our kids, is it's just a day for you to get more stuff. Correct. That's part of the problem. Correct. So moving on to modernism, consumption of Easter candy is among the modern addition to the celebration of this early springtime holiday. And Easter is second only to Halloween for candy purchases in the United States. The most popular sweet treats are chocolate eggs and jelly beans. Real eggs eventually gave way to chocolate confections as the treat of choice for Easter nests and baskets. In the mid to late 1800s, Easter chocolate, mostly varieties of handmade chocolate eggs, became popular in the major U.S. cities. During the early 1900s, chocolate makers, including Hershey's Chocolate Company, created chocolate bunnies, eggs, chicks, and other Easter-themed shapes using metal molds. Molds allowed manufacturers to create Easter candy on a mass scale, and demand continued to grow. Today's stores stock an extensive variety of Easter candy not to mention the treats available at privately owned confectionery shops. Can I interject here? You may interject. When I moved to Pennsylvania, it blew my mind how many like handmade stuff was it like chocolates and candies and things like that was available for for any any holiday, but like those handmade Easter peanut butter eggs. Mm -hmm. Like the time it must take to do that, and I, I've been until I moved here, I never saw one like that. Really? Yep, hmm. never. It was like you had a Reese's peanut butter egg. Seriously? Mm -hmm. Yeah, never That's ever a saw a homemade Reese's peanut butter egg or peanut. So like all the churches that like do oh no, no, no fundraisers no. with peanut butter eggs or coconut eggs that does eggs. not exist. Really? At least where I grew up, it does not exist. Hmm. I, I grew wow. up in the Finger Lakes in New York State, so. But yeah, no. I mean, there might be, we have a few like Amish stores here and there, but I don't ever remember seeing those. There, there were like. I would be so sad. I mean, you could <laughs> you buy bulk candy in some of those places, but, and there were some homemade candies, but they usually weren't actually as good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just never, ever. Whoopie Pies is another one. Like we should oh do gosh. a segment on Whoopie Pies because until I moved here, like. Whoopie pies came Once from, you've had a whoopie pie, you Well, they came out of a box. Exist like, and not it was like whoopie pies. These were not really good. They were full of right. you know, crud for you. Right. And, and when I, I mean, moved, the ones that we have here aren't good for you either, but no, they're but, delicious. <laughs> but it's a different kind of um, bad, for, bad you. for you. Right. But yeah, I just, I, it, was, it blew my mind. I was like, holy cow, all of these, like. Wow. Yeah, hmm. never never knew they existed before I moved here. And that's just in New York State. You're mm -hmm. not like yeah. states away. Mm -hmm. Like you're right there. And yep. wow, hmm. that blows my mind. So anyway, continue. <laughs> another Meg fun fact. <laughs> the jelly bean became associated with Easter in the 1930s, according to the National Confectioners Association. Over 16 billion jelly beans are made in the U.S. each year for Easter, enough to fill a giant egg measuring 89 feet high and 60 feet wide. That is huge. Mm-hmm. Edible bunnies made of pastries and sugar didn't appear on the scene until after the 1800s. Today, the top-selling non-chocolate Easter candy is the Marshmallow Peep. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, 
based candy manufacturer Just Born, founded by Russian immigrant Sam Born, makes Peeps. Born began selling Peeps in 1950. The original Peeps were handmade, marshmallow-flavored yellow chicks. Later, other shapes and flavors were introduced. Did you know the largest Easter egg ever made was over 25 feet high and weighed over 8,000 pounds? It was built out of chocolate and marshmallow and supported by an internal steel frame. So can we just go over all of the different kinds of peeps that there are now? I don't even know because... First of all... Again. Could be an unpopular decision or unpopular opinion, but even just the original peeps are kind of gross. It is not an unpopular opinion. Peeps are... But it can't be dumb. because they sell like crazy or they wouldn't make them. To because who? they're cute. To who? They I are cute. And everyone's like, oh, aren't those cute? We'll put them in the little kids' Easter baskets. But then nobody eats them. And nobody eats them and they get hard because and nobody eats them and they're gross. I saw one flavor the other day. It was Dr. Pepper. Hmm. A Dr. Pepper flavored peep. But like they they make like cake flavored, like they're and then they change obviously the color, like the Dr. Pepper one's like a brownish, maroonish color. And then this cakey one's like a white color with little pretty speckles and polka dots on it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they have to make other flavors because even the original ones aren't the greatest. I didn't know that they were made in Pennsylvania. I didn't know that like, either. Looking into this stuff. I actually didn't know any of these traditions stem from the German immigrants coming to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never really, I guess I never really thought about where all those traditions came from, but... Mm -hmm. I like the whole reason we celebrate Easter the way we do is basically because of the Germans right. coming to Pennsylvania. Right. I seriously thought about when I saw the Dr. Pepper flavored peep, I'm like, we should just get a whole bunch of different kinds of peeps and try them and see how disgusting they are. <laughs> Put them Which on Which one is the least disgusting? On a, on a scale of yuck. <laughs> Bonus episode. I know, wouldn't that be fun? There's so many different flavors. Like, I've never tried any other flavors other than the plain, original Yay, let's peep. Have, let's have peeps. Yay. I'm going to go peep shopping now. I think it would be fun. Just a little tidbit. Let's, uh, see, let's see what these taste like. Maybe people out there who are listening have tried one that's actually good. I don't know. Maybe we're it just the only people that think they're bad. That can't be. But it could be. I feel like I used to tolerate them as a kid because they are just like a whole bunch of sugar packed into like this cute little chick or the bunnies were out when we were little. Mm -hmm. So they had the bunnies, but oh, yeah. Not, not I feel like if you try to eat more than one, like you just get an upset stomach because it's just so we ugh. get a bunch of peeps and we also make sure we have buckets available just in case. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Although, I have seen where people use, like, the peeps and stuff to make, like, Rice Krispie treats and stuff <laughs> around Easter. So that I can see being, because, I mean, you just use marshmallow. There's just a little extra, like, sprinkled granulated sugar on there from the peep. But, like, that I could see do it being okay. But just straight peeps. Sure. We can do a bonus episode where Ooh. we just eat all of the nasty peeps. And <laughs> Throw up and feel sick the rest of the day. Sounds like a, sounds like a great time. And then maybe we can just get a little bit of the the peanut butter eggs because you know those are my favorite. 
Yeah, for doing that jelly You could beans. compare oh, which church beans. makes the best. There we go. Next year, we'll plan it. Okay, so each Easter, we're going to have to come out with the different kinds of candy. And then we'll have to do jelly beans in our household, at least for me. The Starburst All Red jelly beans are amazing. They are good. I don't know what other kinds are like because that's all we have in our household. No, because I bought you the, the, what is it, the Red. Starburst, Starburst ones. No, not Starburst. I just said Starburst. The sweet, sweet tart. tart. <clears throat> or this, yeah. They're good. Regular old like jelly old, beans I are like a little old, boring. No. Uh, mm, They're a little no. boring. They're not. I'm I'm nice. a jelly belly or a branches. Branches? Yeah, it's branches. It's like a, I've never heard of like that. an older school. Oh. Candy company. I will say I do pick out the black ones and won't touch those. They're gross. I feel like you're a very, very small pop part of the population if you eat the black ones. Maybe. It's yeah, like yeah. black licorice. Mm -hmm. Very few people have to buy black licorice. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of them, but there's a couple <laughs> jelly beans that I don't like. But for the most part, I like all of the jelly beans. Or most of them. Neither Josh and I like the black ones. And before we had kids, we let Hank try a black one. Our... our chocolate lab that is no longer with us oh and, my uh, gosh he was not a fan he wouldn't even eat he it he would not eat them he's like and what he, are you trying to feed everything. me everything and he spit that out so fast it was hilarious <laughs> yeah black black licorice is in acquired should, taste i believe you should try it with harley and there we kimber. go we'll try it with all our dogs harley would eat anything they... kimber would probably smell it and walk away because he's pretty picky he's getting less picky as he ages if you were lucky enough to nab extra eggs at the grocery store, you might be thinking, it's time to get them ready for Easter. If you'd like to try the old Pennsylvania German method of dyeing eggs with onion skins, check out our blog where we've posted a how-to. And as always, thank you guys for listening. If you guys have any input on this podcast, whether you agree with us or not, we always appreciate your comments and Again, anything that you guys want to hear from us or, you know, just your opinions in general, um, definitely reach out and we'll see you guys later. Thanks a lot. If you liked what you heard in this episode, be sure to follow Pennsylvania Life, Legends, and Lore on your preferred podcast platform to stay up to date on new content. Pennsylvania Life, Legends, and Lore is produced by Harv Productions, LLC.